ACLU, four of the most recognized letter abbreviations of any organization. It is also probably one of the most misunderstood organizations as well. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. The ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, indicates they are the nation's largest public interest law firm. Since its founding in 1920, they have been dedicated to addressing the abuses to our civil liberties throughout the country, within our communities, and through the court system. Among the numerous and notable actions of the ACLU includes in 1971, they created the Women's Rights Project, selecting a then Rutgers University law professor with a quiet personality by the name of Ruth Bader Ginsburg to lead it. The project went on to win Title IX legislation for women in athletics, to end discrimination in the United States Air Force and other services, and to help contribute to the original Roe v. Wade decision. On this edition, we gain clarity on the ACLU and its Colorado activities with its state executive director, Ms. Deborah Richardson. I know when I first began uh, here as the executive director, I did a series of conversations with Coloradans uh, across the state, and that came up a lot. You know, I would say, do you know about the ACLU? And they say, I've heard about the ACLU, but I'm not quite sure what it does. So that question really resonates with me. And I do think, to your point, that we have a very broad mission in protecting and defending both civil rights and civil liberties. And those are two words that people don't quite understand, and particularly how it relates to them. Yeah. So, for instance, in the case of civil rights, these are laws that are on the books that by virtue of being in the United States, whether you're a citizen or not, you have the Right, you have protection under certain civil rights, such as the ability to go in and sit at a lunch counter to eat or to go to a public facility. Those yeah. are all civil rights. Where civil liberties is that is a little more amorphous. It's not a concrete law that you can point to. It has to do more with your rights or your liberty as a human being to exist in society. And that, and that can be very broad. So you're right. People do not quite understand the nuances. But as far as we're concerned, it takes both to defend democracy. Does the ACLU go out and, and find its cases or its challenges it wants to uh, take on? Or do people bring them to you? I think you do some of both. But it's probably more one than the other. I think if we were to quantify it, there would be more opportunities that people bring to us than we see. As example, there was a case of an, an HMO lawsuit that we filed last year yeah. on behalf of people who lived in a certain neighborhood where the HMO, the homeowners association said they could not fly back flags that were over a certain size or had certain messages. Yeah. And so they came to us in that instance. And then we believe that that is the civil liberties as their right as a homeowner in that community, that they could buy black barracks that were around certain issues, that they did have the right to do that on their own property. So we took that case on and we won. So that's the civil mm-hmm. liberties case where a group of people came to us. And more often than not, people are coming to us. ACLU of Tennessee, they call themselves Freedom's Watchdog. 
because freedom can't protect itself. And I saw that. I thought, you know, that is absolutely correct. I'm sure you probably agree with that. And a part of your mission is doing the same as theirs, protecting freedom because freedom can't protect itself as freedom's watchdog. You know, we have seen evidence, I think, most recently how there's a lot of different definitions of freedom. Yeah. There are people who believe, depending on your ideology, you may believe freedom is a certain thing for that your what you view as a freedom could be one that is not is imposing upon the freedom of someone else. So we feel that we are the neutral arbiter who looks at all sides and that we can step forward and define both sides in terms of freedom is both this and that. It is protecting your right to speak. It also means that your right to speak does not infringe on someone's inability to express their own right to speak. Yeah. So that's an example of how we feel that because we have that neutral lens that we can see it from both sides and then we can come down to state what is a need for protection and what could be a violation of someone's freedom. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about some of the uh, activities, some of the things, some of the business things the ACLU of Colorado is doing. I know this is an election season. And uh, you've been, uh, ACLU has been pretty active with voter engagement here. What have you been doing there? I'm so glad you asked that question. Um, you may not know that I moved here to become executive director of ACLU Colorado from Georgia. Yeah. And I grew up in that community, and I had the good fortune of knowing a lot of civil rights icons. And one thing that I think that we have missed as history has um, evolved many years since the American Civil Rights Movement, is that there was really only one goal of the American Civil Rights Movement, and that was that everyone, regardless of race, creed, or identity, could be protected by the same set of laws as anyone else. And in order to do that, the right to vote is the baseline for everyone to be able to express Release their opinions about who should represent them, what uh-huh. laws there exist. And so, therefore, having people to understand that the right to vote is your most important identity, your most important right as a citizen of this country, we take that very seriously. So, you're right, this upcoming election is a midterm election. You know, it's not a, a federal election. More people seem to turn out for presidential elections and midterm elections, but what they they don't realize, on that midterm ballot are actually more laws that impact their day-to-day lives. And that is what we bring in attention to people, saying this is an election that matters. These are laws that are going to impact you directly, and these are people who are going to be elected in this election that will be able to provide you with the protections that you want as a citizen. So therefore, this election is critical. And we are spending a lot of time on voter education and outreach for people to understand the importance of being active in voting in this midterm election. Now, you said that um, that they are voting on things that are going to be affecting their lives. Now, we have state issues and we have local issues that are, are on the ballot. But are you also meaning some of the or the elected officials or the, the, uh, the people that are running for office, uh, where their positions are, they are the ones that are going to be uh, creating and passing laws that affect you more than the president does? 
Okay. You're absolutely right. And so we do not endorse candidates at the ACLU Colorado, but what we do is provide education on the issues that are on the ballot. Mm-hmm. And we ask people to educate themselves on the issue and then find out from themselves which candidates align with their values. You know, for instance, there is a um, would be a, there is a piece on the ballot that will provide legal assistance for someone, a family who is about to be evicted. Right. If we care about the unhoused population. We need to know that the number one priority is to keep people from being unhoused in the first place. So having that particular law where people will have legal representation that would perhaps prevent a family from being evicted mm-hmm. is a value that we help that we held we hold as a community. And so therefore not only do we want to vote for that particular ballot initiative, we want to make sure that those people who are running for those offices agree and will support that ballot initiative as well. So that's a great example. It is. It is exactly that. Are you finding a contrast between uh, citizens in Colorado and citizens in Georgia? Uh, You know, uh, sometimes the Chamber of Commerce likes to say how well-educated Colorado is, uh, but maybe when it comes to um, issues that uh, affect our lives that are coming out of Washington or or coming out of the statehouse, do you see that uh, maybe the citizens of Colorado are either more or less on top of it than uh, the ones you left in Georgia? There is a clear advantage in that, number one, Colorado has been a leader in providing voter access for all of its citizens. Mm-hmm. The fact that there is same-day registration, the fact that there's automatic ballots that, we, that are sent to every um, registered voter, the fact that you can turn in your ballot several different ways. You can mail it back, you take it to a drop box, and you can vote in person. All of those liberties are ones that are not in Georgia. So that's a great example of how Colorado is so much more advanced and so much on the correct side of history in providing voter access. There is such a clear demarcation there in terms of voter access um, that it was part of the reason that I chose to come to Colorado because I wanted to be part of a community that was very much around protecting and providing access for everyone to vote. But, Adam, you know, we have a very serious issue in that there is, in spite of all that access, voter apathy. We are finding that there are a number of people, particularly young people, who stated that they may not vote. And that is astounding. It is astounding, exactly that. I don't know, I've always uh, personally said that the the loss of the draft was a very major thing that happened to America. It was more than sending young men off to fight a war or something like that. But it also taught not only men but their families uh, service to the country because you couldn't find a mantelpiece without somebody in a uniform sitting on it. And uh, people tended to be more civic-minded because somebody was serving and uh, perhaps maybe we need to go back to the draft again to do that. Uh, and, and so they're becoming lackadaisical and long as I'm okay, I'm not going to vote. And, and perhaps there needs to be some level of civic service that will, will bring that type of civic engagement back as well. You know, I think you raise a very good point. And I can certainly understand that and agree agree with it. I also think there's another issue, and that is that we no longer have civics in the schools. 
So young people are not taught what it means to be a citizen in this country, what civil rights and civil liberties are, and how they have a responsibility as a citizen as a democracy to participate. So I think that is the other connected reason why we have this apathy. The young people do not do not understand civics and understand how government works. I think it's probably a both and. You did a report called Expanding the Table for Justice. Tell us about that report. How did it come together, and what were some of the uh, unique things you may have found? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question, because our Expanding the Table for Justice initiative has really served as our guidepost for the work we're going to be doing in the next couple of years. And let me back up and answer your question. So when I came on as the new leader of ACLU, as well as being new to the state, I really wanted to hear firsthand from Coloradans about what mattered to them. And so we launched the initiative um, with the tagline, Expand to the Table for Justice. Our freedom is not complete until everyone has a seat, meaning that this was an open invitation to Coloradans to really share with us about their ideas and how ACLU, as the oldest statewide civil rights organization, could partner with them and commit to addressing some of the issues that they can, uh, were concerned about. So that was the reason. So we went on a tour throughout the state of Colorado. We went down in the Wrangell area, Paso County. Yeah. We went up north. We did Metro Denver. We had 38 different conversations with citizens across the state, and we asked them three questions. What is the thing that's most uh, concerned that you have, civil rights concern that you have? Yeah. What do you think is the solution, and how may they feel you partner on them? And we were amazed at the wide variety of issues people brought up, but also the ones that we heard over and over again. Yeah. As example, the one around unhoused rights was one that every community we talked to talked about that was a concern. Okay. They were concerned with the number of unhoused in their community, mm-hmm. but they were also concerned with the lack of affordable housing and the fact that many of them were not able to live close to where they worked or where they went to school because of the cost of housing. Yeah. So that was an example of a universal issue. On this edition, our guest is Ms. Deborah Richardson, the executive director of the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union in Colorado. We will learn more from her about their activities on our next edition. In the interim, you can gain more insight online at aclu-colorado.org. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Get your vaccine booster to continue keeping yourself healthy and your family safe. And we do appreciate you taking a few moments of your weekend with us.